the teachings of the Ascended Masters are universal and available to all. The Ascended Masters themselves are the saints and sages of East and West, and their teachings incorporate the original core beliefs of all the world's major religions. No matter which religious path you follow, you will find these teachings equally compelling. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And greetings, everyone. Welcome and thank you for joining us today. You are tuned to The Open Door, the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and where we invite you to awaken to your inner divinity. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. Well, Happy New Year, Terry. Happy New Year to you, Tom. So where are we going today? Well, our focus today is on addiction. Oh, boy. Which will include some <laughs> clear-eyed focus on the entities behind the addictions that bedevil us. You know, we should say right from the outset here that we are not doctors or psychologists or addiction counselors. That's right. Our intention, basically, is in addressing this, in addressing this very sensitive and very pervasive topic is to look at it from the Ascended Master's point of view, to shed some light on what it is we're really all up against, <laughs> oh, yeah. and the perpetual struggle to hang on to our light. You know, if you read or if you've read or heard any of the material we use to promote the subject of today's show, you will certainly have noticed that today's program title is Addicted to the Light. Well, we realize that this might be a bit misleading, so we want to make one distinction very clear before we go any further. Medical and psychological science tells us that people with addictions do not have control over what they are doing, taking, or using. Yeah, and using this title, Addicted to the Light, was our way of saying that the only good addiction, <laughs> if there ever was such a thing, would be an addiction to light. Yeah, and of course, what we're really talking about is making a personal focus on light a habit, something that we do by choice. Now, we realize that addictions often begin because of choices that are initially made to try something, <laughs> like uh, the first cigarette, the first beer, the first bet at the gambling table. Yeah, you know, these can begin innocently enough, becoming at first a habit that remains within our control. In fact, many people are actually able to keep their habits under some degree of control, never suffering the damaging psychological or physical effects that occur when a habit becomes an addiction. Yeah, but sadly, there are many who wake up one day to discover that they are no longer in control of certain behaviors or cravings or whatever. They have crossed over the threshold of habit into the bleak landscape of addiction. Now, when you apply the understanding of the root causes of addiction from an ascended master point of view, you find something at the core of addiction that most people do not think about. Addictions literally rob us of our light. Yeah, Imagine that every time you were to indulge in an addictive behavior, whether it was taking drugs, alcohol, nicotine, sugar, overeating, gambling, or whatever, you were actually feeding an entity. And it's not a pleasant thought, <laughs> no. but unfortunately, it is the truth. And of course, we realize that this is probably not something you're likely to hear from those in the mainstream who deal with addictions and addictive behaviors. Well, and this is not to denigrate their efforts. You know, those who work to counsel and cure people with addictions are literally lifesavers for many, and we honor their efforts. We merely wish to point out that what they are up against may be far deeper and more pervasive than they realize. Well, what is an entity, and how does it exert its control over us and rob us of light? First, it is important to realize that every form of negativity involves an entity. Sure. While we often think of addictions in common categories, drugs, alcohol, nicotine, sugar, sex, and so on, we can also be addicted to anger or gossip or power. <laughs> 
As you said, Tom, uh, virtually every form of negativity and negative or harmful action involves entities. And these entities are comprised of the accumulated energy that has been given to them by virtue of habitual repetition of any behavior. And the term entity literally means existing thing, and it is defined as an independent, separate, or self-contained existence. Okay, now please stay with us here. There are two basic kinds of entities, discarnate entities and mass entities. Discarnate entities are those who have passed from the screen of life, but because they have not been spiritually awakened, they remain tied to the astral realm. Empty vessels blown by the winds of mortal desire, untethered to immortal destiny. You know, this is really a vast subject, and today we will touch on both kinds of entities, but because of the constraints of time, we may do little more than scratch the surface. And if you're interested in taking a more in-depth look at entities, we would like to suggest that you read the landmark series by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, Climb the Highest Mountain. Yeah, this nine-volume series covers Ascended Master's teachings from A to Z, and the whole subject of entities is thoroughly covered in the series volume titled The Path to Immortality. The Climb the Highest Mountain series may well be among the most important books ever written. <laughs> yeah. And I know that sounds like hyperbole, but it is nevertheless quite true, and you will see when you read it. That's true. Climb the Highest Mountain. You can find it on Amazon. Now, we just defined discarded entities, so let's look at mass entities. These are force fields of humanly misqualified energy, the accumulation of mankind's momentums of hatred, violence, war, greed, envy, fear, lust, gossip, and the like. Including addiction. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Where man misdirects his energy, he attracts entities that align with his unwholesome attentions and behaviors. And through repetition, an entity's power and influence can grow. For example, entities are attracted to those on the physical plane who have habit patterns similar to their own, <laughs> such, such as those addicted to alcohol, tobacco, or drugs. Yeah, and wherever people congregate to indulge themselves, bars, casinos, clubs, there the entities gather as well. You see, entities will still crave the sensual pleasures <laughs> to which they were addicted before losing their physical bodies. Yeah, they have the same desires that they had before passing through the portals of death, but they no longer have a physical body through which to experience and satisfy their desires. Thus, they tie into the nervous system of those who are embodied in order to vicariously enjoy the pleasures to which they are accustomed. Yeah, and these ties only serve to perpetuate the addiction of whomever they are connected to. Okay, so we have perhaps painted a rather unsavory <laughs> picture here, Tom, on how our addictions can attract unwelcome guests. It's not a pretty picture. No, it's not. But let's first remember that we are all responsible for the use we make of God's energy. As this energy flows through our consciousness, it is stamped with the seal of our identity, literally the signature of our soul. And as we have said so many times before, we are literally co-creators with God. And God's energy becomes personalized in us as it passes through our consciousness. Wherever our attention is fixed, there goes our energy, God's energy, for good or ill. And cosmic law requires that each man must redeem the energy that he has misqualified. So, therefore, it is very important that we all understand that whenever we allow our energies to flow, is, should I say wherever we allow our energies <laughs> well, to both flow, both will work probably, <laughs> yeah. We place our seal of approval upon that thing. Yeah. In other words, we must strive to always be aware and remain ever vigilant where we choose to place our attention, because there will be karmic consequences. This is, no doubt, a harrowing subject for many to consider, but we do not intend to leave you comfortless. No, we have ways of dealing with entities. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, we do. You see, we each have a divine plan to fulfill. 
And this plan cannot come into full manifestation until we rid ourselves of whatever gets in our way, mm-hmm. such as addictions and the entities that come with them. You know, the ascended masters have told us that the entities that bedevil us, which are good choice of words, I think, <laughs> both discarnate and mass entities could be dissolved within 24 hours if mankind as a whole, conscious of themselves as the body of God on earth, would make a concerted effort to withdraw their attention and their energies from these force fields of misqualified energy. In the meantime, until mankind is ready to act as a whole, we are not powerless. There is much we can do individually. That's so true. You know, it must always be remembered that these entities, these forces that can appear so deadly, are nothing before the light of the Christ. Because they have placed themselves outside of the presence of God. They have no reality whatsoever. Their power is an illusion that we have accepted as real. The only true power resides in our higher self, our Christ self. And if each of us will take a stand for the light and make this a habit, hmm. we can win our freedom and live to see uh, the victory of the Christ over darkness and evil. And yes, when we speak of taking a stand, we are talking about more than adopting a positive spiritual point of view. We're talking about taking action. And what action can we take, Tom? Mm-hmm. We can decree, like calling to Archangel Michael for his assistance and protection. Well, the science of the spoken word is an extremely powerful tool for calling forth high-frequency spiritual energies, such as the violet flame, to liberate our souls from the illusions of evil and the poisons of addiction. When we call upon the power of God to act in our worlds, the call compels the answer. And we can make decrees or calls whenever we need the help of our own personal Christ self, or I am presence, Mm -hmm. the ascended masters, the angelic hosts, we have an infinite resource at our command that is always ready, willing, and able to help us when we call. You know, many trapped in the clutches of addiction feel powerless to escape. Such is the almost irresistible pull of the addiction entities. But escape is indeed possible when we call upon the light. This is a habit you want to encourage and be mindful of every second of every day. It is the key to your ultimate freedom. This is light that you can certainly turn on yourself. It is also light that you can focus on others. If you know someone struggling with addiction of any kind, make a call for them. Perhaps we can ask Sidney Bennett when he's here with us in a little bit uh, to formulate a few simple calls that we can use when dealing with addiction. That, Terry, is a splendid idea. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, let's look at a couple of other simple and practical strategies that we can use to repel entities. Did you know, for example, that the scent of pine is a great entity repellent? I did know that. (laughs) In fact, this is one of the reasons why people who visit forest lands where pine trees grow often feel refreshed and rejuvenated. Yep. They're feeling the balancing, restorative powers of pine as it cleanses their forest fields. Other fragrances that have a similar effect are frankincense, fresh mint, deodar, is that Mm -hmm. the way you pronounce it? Yeah, deodar. And flowers, Mm -hmm. especially roses. You can use these fragrances on your body, around your home, and around children. Yeah, here's another suggestion for for keeping entities at bay. Use colors in your home and in your clothing that vibrate at a high level. Blue, green, yellow, pink, purple, violet, gold, and white are particularly good. And listen to beautiful music that does not feature deadening beats and Mm -hmm. discordant chords and jagged rhythms. Surround yourself with uplifting, beautiful art. You get the idea, I'm Mm -hmm. sure. Like attracts light, and light attracts light. You make sure you're not, just make sure you're not unconsciously inviting entities to share your space because the results of such an invasion will not have a happy (laughs) ending until all entities are completely gone from your consciousness, being, and world. You know, uh, Terry, it's time for us to take a short break here, but please stay with us because when we return, we will hear an excerpt from a lecture by Elizabeth Clare Prophet on the subject of addiction and entities.
The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Okay, why are alcohol, tobacco, and marijuana, for examples, so dangerous? What role did the fallen angels play in the worldwide conspiracies to hook the children of light on drugs? And who does your body really belong to, you or God? Here is Elizabeth Clare Prophet on the importance of understanding the nature of addictions, entities, and the need to hold on to the light of God within us. The ingredients of light that descend to you from your I Am Presence through your Christ Self are distributed to your four lower bodies through the heart chakra, through the other chakras, but through every atom that light emits to the cells through the nucleus of every atom. And that there are all different frequency rays coming out of the nucleus of the I Am Presence, each one representing the many particles of that Presence. These then have to be lowered into physical use through their counterparts in matter, and their counterparts are the components of the nucleus of an atom. So when you then go to the next largest nucleus, which is the nucleus of the cell, you come to a flame itself, a tiny flame of the resurrection actually burns in the center of the centrosome of a cell. The centrosome is the central sun of the cell. And Saint Germain says that it is this spark of the resurrection flame that gives the cell the ability to reproduce itself. Cell reproduction comes from the center of the cell by that flame of resurrection. That's the great miracle of life. When we're talking about the miracle of life, we're talking about the presence of the spirit of the resurrection in our very own body temples. 
So the fallen ones have attempted since the very hour of their rebellion to prevent the children of light from being the full vessel, the full chalice of the light of the I Am Presence. And to do so, they have found all kinds of means to distort the functioning one of the nucleus of the atom, then the atom forms molecules, the molecules form the cell, and the cell is that smallest body that's capable of containing the spark of the resurrection flame. So to work against the functioning of those centers, work against the center and you affect its total manifestation. The key means of working against the transfer of light from your presence to your temple is chemical. Tobacco is a chemical distortion of the functioning of brain cells, etc. Alcohol, then marijuana, then all the drugs, then all the various drugs that we are given for pains and for problems and conditions in the body that have occurred because of other tamperings with our environment, with our food, with our ecology, with our earth. So the fallen ones have known that the corruption of an individual would come through the introducing of alcohol, even in small measures, to the bloodstream. As you know, this was one of the basic destructions of the American Indian. It has heavily played against all nations. We think of the people of France and the children that are born addicted to alcohol through the tremendous wine drinking. We think of the British Isles. When I was in Scotland and in Ireland, it was very obvious the problem of alcohol among these peoples. It affects all peoples of all social levels. So there is a plot behind it, and its plot is to get alcohol into the bloodstream. That's where you begin the undoing of the individual's attunement with his Christ self. Approximately 100 million people drink alcoholic beverages to some degree. 10 million people in the United States are addicted to alcohol and cannot control their drinking. They are the alcoholics. There are 10 million alcoholics in the United States today. The size of the city of Los Angeles, if you want to imagine 10 million people. You can also imagine a hole in the light bearers minus 10 million people who are on alcohol. Not saying that they're all light bearers, but many of them are. Alcohol causes a variety of psychological and physical problems. One out of every four Americans admitted to a mental hospital today is an alcoholic. Alcohol causes cirrhosis of the liver, is a significant contributor to heart disease, is harmful to the digestive system, the liver, the brain, the respiratory system, the muscular system, the nervous system, and other vital organs. If you've ever done therapy with alcoholics or known an alcoholic, you can see over the years the deterioration of their sensitivity to life, their ability to think, their ability to rationally follow a logical process, and you can see an increase in the opening of their astral body to their being used by demons and their mouthings of unwholesome and condemnatory statements. Often alcoholics are a funnel for all of the condemnation of the fallen ones against the rest of the family or whoever is involved with that person. 
The masters have explained to us that it is a habit that is perpetuated by thousands of entities, discarnates who attach themselves to the person and goad him into drinking. These discarnates may have been alcoholics when they were in embodiment. They are still looking for the enjoyment of alcohol, and so they get it vicariously through the body of their victim. So when you are dealing with the healing of an alcoholic, you have an entity and a demon possession problem. And you know by what comes out of their mouths that these people are definitely not themselves and things spoken through them they do not say when they are not under the influence of alcohol. And so what about tobacco? In the 1950s there was great controversy about the dangers of smoking tobacco cigarettes. Archangel Jophiel put all of his pressure upon the American public, the office of the Surgeon General, and what happened was finally the declaration that has come out that must be on every pack of cigarettes and every ad, that warning the Surgeon General states that cigarette smoking may be dangerous to your health. Well, it was a long, long battle, but it's by no means won because it too is entity-related. It's related to the nicotine entity, a very ugly, tenacious, brown worm, a worm larger than a person, a very vicious astral force. This is why people have such a difficult time breaking the simple cigarette-smoking habit. It's not the cigarette itself. It is the entity that is taking the light of the person while he smokes. While the smoke is in his lungs, while the nicotine is in his body, that becomes the open door for the nicotine entity to sap his light. You see, in each of these problems, marijuana, nicotine, or alcohol, we are dealing with astral entities who need energy, need light, will destroy souls to get it. Now, the arguments for decriminalization of marijuana are that each person's body belongs to himself that it is a private affair what he does so long as he does it privately in his own home and does not bring to bear any harmful effects upon society. This is an absolute lie of the false hierarchy. This is the mouthing of the Luciferians with which everyone who does not understand the law will automatically agree and therefore come to the defense of the fallen ones on the point of abortion because a woman's body is her private matter. The defense of these practices is on this point. No man is an island. We are intended to live as a community of the Holy Spirit, and someone who wrote a book on cocaine said, if a person's body is not his own, then whose is it? And the postulation was never brought forth that it might be the temple of the living God, the altar where God has chosen to dwell upon earth within that temple made without hands, that the body belongs to God and is on loan to the soul to use, to gain experience, and to exercise free will. That is the point that must be shown, that the Luciferians have seized life from God and have said, it is mine, I will do with this what I will. This is no longer God's, it is mine, and I will not bow down before him or serve him through the individual Christ. 
So that argument, unchallenged, is now responsible for this tremendous legislation move toward decriminalization. The responsibility of the individual is to perpetuate life, life in its fullest expression. The primary responsibility is to secure the progeny of succeeding generations so that the evolution and the life wave of a planetary body can move on and excel and exceed itself, not go back and diminish because of this tampering by these chemical substances with the genes and chromosomes and the entire procreative process. So the responsibility of a society is not the mere promotion of pleasure, but it's the perpetuation of life itself. And that must come through the highest regard for one's progeny. When we see the little child, we worship God in that child. To us, a little child is the closest thing we see physically to heaven. The nearest heart to heaven that we know is the newborn child. If we do not respect that child as the highest manifestation of God given to us, then, of course, we will betray that child before it is born by not giving it the proper nutrients and the proper environment for the conception of its most magnificent temple. Now, we can see that this argument has influenced all kinds of aberrations, abortion being one of the most horrendous of all such aberrations. I am fully aware of the fact that we cannot legislate morals in our society. We cannot erect a police state with laws and legislation of do's and don'ts. That as a matter of fact, the individual does have free will. And if he's going to destroy himself, there is not much that you and I can do about it, except one thing, offer the full enlightenment and the full support of dynamic decrees for the healing of the aberration of the mind that is the origin of the aberrations and misuses of the body. Enlightenment is a thrust of a dynamic yellow fire, a yellow energy that comes forth from all of the illumined beings of the cosmos. If you can get a person to really see the wisdom of God, to hear and to understand that wisdom, you have the open door to his consciousness. But many people will say, I know, I know, but I can't help myself. It's all over for me. I'm trapped into this situation, and I can't get out of it, and I've tried, and I never make it. I can't get out of this habit. I can't get out of this burden. That shows you that the yellow flame requires the dynamism of blue lightning, the sword and circle of Astraea and Archangel Michael. It requires the violet flame for transmutation of the ignorance and the substance of condemnation on the individual, his own self-condemnation and the condemnation of him by the fallen ones. People are condemned by the fallen ones, and by that condemnation they are trapped into these habits. You have to know an enemy when you see one. I have found that the danger of the children of the light is that they are all too tolerant of people who by their deeds and their words are self-proclaimed antichrists. And you have to know one when you see one. And I'm constantly finding that Sheila's will not admit. They just can't believe that anybody could have a real evil motive. And anybody who mouths things that are not of the light, they feel sorry for them because they must be misinformed.
You have to grow up and stop being naive. This is Armageddon. And when people say things like this, they're out to destroy the entire platform of evolution, the culture of the mother and the means of the great white brotherhood to saving the earth. You have to get after the people who are following them and rescue the children of the light that are under their spell. Oh my, oh my. <laughs> well, up next, our weekly Q&A. And today, once again, we are joined by Reverend Sidney Bennett. Please stay with us. Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better, no matter where you are or who you're with. The power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home. And their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And we are back, and joining us is Sidney Bennett. Hi, Sid. Gentlemen. Hi, Sid. Good to see you. Um, well, I think it's safe to say that today's topic is one that touches virtually everyone. I mean, addictions are unfortunately commonplace, and often some of the worst of them are so ingrained in our culture that it's difficult to imagine them disappearing anytime soon. I'm speaking of addictions like alcohol, tobacco, sugar, pornography. Whole industries thrive on these addictions despite the known dangers. Why do you think this is? Well, I think this it's twofold, as I, you pointed out in your introduction, and also Mrs. Prophet. There is a conspiracy against the light. It's been going on a long time. It's not a pleasant topic to talk. I mean, we'd much rather talk about God and the beauty <laughs> of God, but we have to understand the equation of planet Earth. There is a conspiracy by the fallen angels, the embodied Luciferians, to rob the light from the children and sons and daughters of God because they are no longer have access to it. So every one of these things is a plot to either chemically or otherwise remove light from, from individuals. So that's the first level of being, and that's why they use these things. 
The, the second thing is that, you know, let's be honest, there's big money in these things. <laughs> yeah. And money is power. And of yeah. course, I'm not saying every person in the alcohol or gambling or gaming industry, what they call it now, is a fallen one, but it's the forces behind them. And the, the power of the money is very great. You know, the, the, uh, Alcohol industry call themselves the beverage industry. It sounds pretty innocent, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, sure does. Yeah. In other words, they don't want anyone to think that there's anything potentially bad about this. Just give me your light. Give me your money. And that's what they want. Mm-hmm. And it's time that the light bearers woke up to this. You know, there's such a thing as sweet death. It's the subtle forms of accepting these addictions and these subtle degradations in our ability to feel the light and to hold the light till they get to the point where we become spiritually numb. Mm. And we become spiritually numb. We can't hear the voice of God within. And that's a dangerous place for any of us to be. But that's well put. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, a, a lot of activities that people engage in on a regular basis um, seem, on, on, you know, on the surface to be relatively innocent, like rock music, fast food. Uh, the same is often said about the casual use of marijuana and alcohol, but there's really uh, there's really nothing innocent about them, is there? I mean, there are consequences. Well, again, um, <laughs> you know, we we understand the equation of it, and you know, it's the old thing in the Garden of Eden: surely you shall not die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in other yeah. words, what's the harm? A little drink, a little uh, marijuana cigarette, or whatever. Let's go down and do a little gambling. It's just fun, you know. We're not hurting anybody. Well, you are hurting somebody, even if you don't realize it. Even if you have the strength and ability to withhold the addictions that so many fall into, you are contributing your light to this mass group of entities or discarnates that then prey upon other more vulnerable people. You know, I lived for a while in in Reno, Nevada, and I was stunned at the societal cost of gambling. Mm -hmm. You know, things you don't hear about. You know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. But, (laughs) Yeah. A denial of God. But anyway, that's another subject. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the people that would commit suicide off the parquet at three o'clock in the morning that you never hear about and the cultural cost, societal cost of these things is great. And when we partake of these things, we are contributing to that, even if we're not addicted, so to speak. Uh-huh. Oh, my. Yeah. You know, I'm going to change the tack here just for a moment. But Jesus first miracle was to turn water into wine. Um, you know, how do we reconcile Jesus actions with our understanding of the dangers of alcohol? Well, that's a really good point. You know what? I mean, what's so bad with the wine? Jesus, you know, served mm-hmm. it at the wedding feast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's a couple of things to consider here. One is that at the time of Jesus, water was not very safe. And it was probably prudent to drink wine because simply from a health point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is not to say that everyone that has a glass of wine is, you know, condemned to hell. Obviously, a lot of religious people have drink wine or have engaged in it over the years. But it's an understanding of what is behind it. And for those souls that want to be on a spiritual path, that want to make progress and not just sort of coast along with society, we need to understand what it is and why. what are the reasons why we don't engage in these things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's different when you're on a serious spiritual path and you want to move forward. When you have this knowledge, then you understand. It's not, quote, unquote, it's a sin. It's what it does to you. You know, it's interesting. Mrs. Prophet, many years ago, experimented with alcohol in her body. And she said what she noticed was when there was any amount of alcohol in her body, she felt it chemically blocked the light of her I am presence. And wow. she could feel it very, very powerfully. Wow. So even though it, on the surface it may not look like anything, if it reduces our ability to hear God and to feel God and be the instrument of God, who needs it? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we certainly don't want to overwhelm people with this subject of addiction. Uh, no, we don't. After all, there are plenty of things we do uh, recreationally that don't need to be condemned. 
Uh, it's just that we want to make sure everyone has the best opportunity to feel and experience the highest possible exposure to the light. Right? Well, that's true, as I was just sharing with you. Yeah. For those on a spiritual path that want to grow and progress, you know, I think for all of us that have, have want to grow spiritually, sometimes we get frustrated. You know, what's holding us back right. from that next level, next point? It may be many things, and maybe something as simple as diet or the things we take into our bodies mm-hmm. um, may be a block to that. So it's, so it's understanding of that. We're not condemning everyone that takes a drink or has a beer when they come home after a hard day at work. That's, right. that's not the point. Right. But it's an understanding of what is behind these forces, both from a conspiratorial point of view and also the effect it has on our bodies in terms of our spiritual path. But let's face it. There's a lot of people out there that have no interest in God, have no interest in a spiritual path. And for them, you know, it doesn't make any difference. Right. But this teaching is for the light bearers and an understanding so that they may make the right decisions, be illumined, as Mrs. Prophet talked about, to know the truth and not to buy the lie that's been propagated for so long. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think from the macrocosmic level, you know, uh, when addiction gains a foothold in society, the longer we allow it to continue, the harder it is to dislodge. You know, how can we, what can we do to stem the tide of addiction? Well, you know, look at prohibition. That didn't work. (laughs) Why didn't it work? Because people still wanted alcohol, and they found a way to get it. So it has to be through illumination and education. Mm -hmm. But, you know, people need to be able to make their free will choice. We respect people's free will, but when people come under the influence of these entities and even the chemical dependency uh, of these things, are they really able to exercise their free will? I don't Mm -hmm. think they are because they're in control. And so illumination is absolutely key, as Mrs. Prophet spoke, Mm -hmm. and also prayer for deliverance of souls from the delusion and the trap and the lie of these things. You know, you have to save people one individual at a time, illumine them and bring them the truth so that when they change their lifestyle and what they're doing, it affects others. And, And we're not an island unto ourselves. What we do, other souls see at inner levels our stand that we take. And if we say, oh, what's a little alcohol here? What's a little marijuana cigarette or whatever it is or uh, a weekend in Las Vegas? You know, then the message to the other souls becomes, well, it's okay for the light bearers to do these things. But when we take a stand, not in fanaticism, not in a holier thou, but just in understanding, I'm not going to do these things because I see their impact on the world and other people. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many families in this country, in this world, are not impacted by alcohol? I mean, I can tell you two personal tragedies in my extended family directly related to alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Who needs to be a part of that? We respect free will, but we want people to truly have the free will, free of the, the propaganda that you see on the TV. I mean, the beer commercials. I mean, everything. This is the good life. People need to know the truth and then let them make their decisions. Well, you know, I want to reiterate a point you made earlier because I think it's very germane to this discussion. And that was that these kinds of addictions uh, or even the habits, if they don't come, become a full-fledged addiction, still have a tendency to numb our consciousness. They they numb our awareness to interfere with our ability to hear the voice of God within. Absolutely. And we've talked in the past about how in our society, you know, people are supposed to be doing something at all times. They're either supposed to be listening to music playing a video game or texting or whatever, you know. <laughs> right. Why, why is this? Because they don't, the fallen ones don't want people to be still and listen to the voice of God within. Whoa. It's a plot, folks. I mean, you know, I, I, got, I confess I got an iPhone recently, <laughs> and my 10-year-old daughter got a hold of that thing. And I'm not kidding. If we didn't put limitations on what, you know, how many games yeah. you could play and so forth, she'd do it hours on end. And you multiply this throughout society, and it's, again, the addictions, the drugs, the alcohol, they deaden you to who you really are. 
Mm. And that is a plot that we don't want to fall prey to anymore. It's gone on too long. We don't want you to be spiritually numb. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> I was just thinking maybe maybe God invented the mute button on the, <laughs> on the remote. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Are there enough of us to truly make the kind of change we pray for in terms of helping people turn from addictions to the light? Well, I mean, look what happened on, on tobacco, how that turned around in this country. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, you almost get stoned if you light up a cigarette in places. Right. So right. it can be turned around. The illumination is a large part of it, but the spiritual work is absolutely crucial because of the power of these forces that are behind, whether it's the alcohol industry, the gambling industry, and now coming into the marijuana industry and everything else. They want the money and they want the light, and they're powerful forces. And so that is where the calls to Archangel Michael for the deliverance of souls that are caught up in these addictions individually and also to deal with the, with the entire force and the darkness behind it. And that's why these even chemical addictions must have a spiritual solution because obviously we talked about the enemies, discarnates that accompany the chemical addiction. And you, you can't defeat these on your own, folks. You need God and you need Archangel Michael to be cut free of these things and a determination of the fire that you aren't going to indulge them anymore. And we have to understand there's many people don't want to be addicted. You know, we, we're not condemning them, but we want to make sure that they get the opportunity to understand how they can be free. You know, Mrs. Prophet mentioned the tobacco entity, which wraps itself around the body of smokers. Well, okay, the calls to Archangel Michael, for instance, he can take his sword and literally slice through that entity and free people from it. And as long as they don't invite it back, so to speak, they can be free that quickly. And so there are ways that the spiritual work can accompany you know, the counselors and the addiction programs and so forth and the work individually so that people can be free of these. Wow. Yeah, well, I, I think we may get to some um, brief calls in a, in a little bit. Absolutely. But, you know, light really is the key, isn't it? I mean, it's light that the entities of addiction want, and it's light that is the rocket fuel we need to eventually make our ascensions. We can't have it both ways, can we? I mean, at some point, we must choose whom we will serve. It's absolutely true, you know, and it, we are given a certain amount of light. We invoke the light, and if we keep giving it away through our addictions, through our angers, our resentments, and so forth, we're not going to have any left. It's like the virgins with the oil in their lamps. <laughs> we must maintain the light God has given us to guard and protect us. We need that because the buoyancy of the light will take us closer to God, and when we go through the transition called death, we need that buoyancy and that light to get us up to where God is and not get stuck in the astral plane, which I think we'll talk about in a minute, too. We, we, we will get there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, compromise is a subtle thing, particularly when we're in the clutches of an addiction. We think that we can get away with accommodating our bad habits somehow, but we really can't, can we? <laughs> well, again, choose this day whom you will serve. Mm-hmm. And that is the teaching of God from the beginning. And at some point, we have to make the decision. We're going to move. We can't have one foot in heaven and one foot on the earth. Mm-hmm. We're either committed to God, to a spiritual path, or we're committed to the path of the world. Yeah. And, you know, we can take it incrementally. We don't have to do it 100% one day, but we have to move in the right direction if we're going to get there. Amen, brother. Well, we've got to take a short break here. But when we return, we'll continue our discussion of addiction, entities, and the law of karma with Sidney Bennett. Don't go away. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? 
You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And thanks for staying with us, everyone. We are back now for more discussion with Sidney Bennett on the subject of addiction, addiction entities, and what's at stake as we struggle to overcome them. Now, um, it's always, uh, I think, a really central component of this kind of discussion. We're talking about habits and addictions and entities. We come to the subject of free will. You know, for good or ill, we always have the freedom to choose, and we have to respect that. But I must confess that I struggle with respecting bad choices, free will or no. It seems to be a fine line. So how do we walk it? Well, <laughs> you know, understanding God's rules for the universe and rule number one is free will. Yeah. And if we didn't have free will, then we just would be robots, so to speak. So that doesn't mean there's not pain associated with free will. Souls make choices that have ultimate cost. And it's painful, and I'm sure it's painful to God. But we do have to respect that. But then there are souls that really don't want to go in that direction, but they're caught up in the clutches of it, so to speak, and the momentums and the addictions. And we do need to pray for those souls. You know, it's it's like an alcoholic um, will go, will carry that alcoholism from embodiment to embodiment. And you can see, unless that spiral is broken, unless they're cut free, if they have a problem with alcohol in this embodiment, chances are they're going to have the same problem in the next. So, And, of course, it's a downward spiral. And until that addiction can be broken, they can't really be free. And, of course, as Mrs. Prophet mentioned, some of these discarnates hang out in the astral plane. They hang out in bars to try and get the light because they can't physically drink anymore. So, I mean, do you want to go in a bar and hang out with discarnate entities? You know? <laughs> no. I, I mean, but the point is yeah. that the people get in these momentums, and we do have to pray for them. We respect free will, but that doesn't mean we can't pray for them, pray for their livings, and pray for their souls. Yeah. Uh, there's no escaping karma, is there, Sid? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, law number two after free will, I think, yeah. is karma. And remember that karma is impersonal. Yeah. It's not who you are. It's just like gravity. And what you send forth will return to you, multiply by more of its same. And so, you know, it's just an understanding of how we live will come back to us. And again, these momentums of darkness will come back to us or momentums of light. 
So it makes a difference what we do each day. You know, some people say, well, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'll try and do it in next embodiment or maybe in the future and so forth. But this is a time to change the way you live and who you serve. And it makes a difference. It may make all the difference in your next embodiment hmm. and where you end up, the burdens and challenges you make. So whether you're six or 60, uh, it doesn't matter. This is the day to choose to do something different, to free yourself, whether from addictions or patterns of behaviors that are counterproductive to the victory of your soul and the immortality of your soul in your ascension. It has to begin somewhere. Let it begin today with just something different that will turn you back towards the light. As we like to say, our efforts, um, the rewards of our efforts are um, in heaven. <laughs> Yes. You know, well, out, some out of them of, are on earth, you know. Out of this world. Well, we'll feel yeah, better too. The causal body. Yeah. Thinking yeah. Of, well, you know, staying in this vein for a minute, respecting free will, we heard Mrs. Prophet talking about how people rationalize bad habits and bad choices by asserting that, quote, it's my body, I can do with it what I want. And of course, we hear this justification in particular when the discussion turns to abortion or so-called recreational drug use. But Mrs. Prophet made a very telling point. God has loaned us our bodies as temples of the living God and is the home for our souls to gain wisdom and experience free will. Mm-hmm. Now, that's something you'll, you'll not hear every day, is it? You don't do. Isn't that a <laughs> profound understanding and oh. teaching? Again, it goes back to our two lineages and heritages as being created by God in his image. And as Jesus taught us, the kingdom of God is within us. Well, if it's within us and it's the abiding place of God, then truly this temple and this body does belong to God. And this is the message the light bearers need to hear. The fallen angels are never going to give their temple or allegiance to God. But the light bearers have swallowed the lie. Oh, what harm does it do? It's their body. Who am I to tell them how to live? Well, it's this kind of lie that has brought us to this point of great karmic accountability, both individually and as a society. And so look around. You are God in embodiment. You're not embodying all the aspects of God, but God is within you. And so we need to treat God the way he deserves to be treated in respect and honor and the way we live and the way we act and what we eat in all parts of our life. And that will bring us a happiness, I can assure you, that addictions will never bring. Mm-hmm. Well, back to karma for a, for a moment, Sid. It seems that there will be a heavy karmic debt to pay for all of the culturally accepted support given to society's addictions, oh, such boy. as alcohol, tobacco, sugar, pornography, and so forth. Do you think that we are going to have a big bill coming due soon? Well, I mean, I think <laughs> that, that the answer to that, of course, is obvious in terms yeah. of the karma that's out there. But, you know, think of the story of Lot and, and Sodom and Gomorrah. And remember, he kind of pleaded with God, and it got down to the point that God says, if you can find ten righteous men, I'll spare the cities. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, he couldn't. But what does it take? What is the equation that will tip the scale of light? And we're talking about an equation of light and darkness. It's the individual choices that we make. Whether it's 10 righteous men or 10,000 righteous men and women, I don't know the equation. But I do know that this karma can be dealt with and the scales can be tipped toward the light if enough of us will take that accountability and responsibility that comes with the understanding of who we are, how we live makes a difference, the stands that we take make a difference, not in a holier thou or condemning others, but just in a determination that I am going to honor God within me and with others. I'm going to honor the honor of God, if you will, Mm -hmm. and live that way and respect it. And yes, we have a great karmic reckoning, but we also have access to a great amount of light and transmutation through the violet flame. But what we do individually will make all the difference. Don't look around yourself. Don't look other places. (laughs) It is you and me individually that is going to make the difference of whether this planet is going to get through this great war of Armageddon 
and the light bearers are going to get the truth, be able to act on it, and finally fulfill their divine destiny free of the manipulations and the plots of the conspiracies of the fallen angels. Their day is done by God's grace if enough of us will take that stand. Well, you know, the the power of one, or as we've said before, one plus God is a majority. Indeed. You know, we have on our side. Would you talk a little bit about the astral plane? You know, oh, what, boy. what is it and why do souls end up there? I mean, yeah, we made reference to that. Yeah. Everybody wants to know what happens when you die. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, that's a universal yeah. need. Right. Basically, what happens is you are magnetized or attracted to that place or vibration that you carry when you die. You know, we've shared this before. Edgar Cayce said a dead Baptist is a dead Baptist. <laughs> so you need a momentum of light to get you to what we call the etheric plane or the heaven plane, which is 33 levels. Below that is the astral plane, and you can call it purgatory, you can call it hell, and there are 33 levels of that getting darker and darker the lower you go. So, for example, a person that is totally engulfed by the alcohol entity and, and enslaved by that will be magnetized to the place where other individuals are that also have the alcohol entity. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you that's not heaven. No. And so that's yeah. where you go. And the darkness that you carry or the light that you carry make the difference of where you go between embodiments. And if you don't make it to the etheric, to the heaven world between embodiments, then you can't go to the schools, the university of the spirit, where you are prepared for your next embodiment, what lessons you need to learn and get the teachings that you need. If you're caught in the astral plane someplace doing these things that reflect these habits and these addictions, then when you re-embody, you're no better off than when you left. You just pick up where you left off. Whatever you were doing, Mm -hmm. you start doing it again. So the conservation of light in our auras, in our temples, our dedication, our spirituality, our attunement with our I Am Presence, this is what is going to rocket us to the heaven world. Because what happens is you have to pass through the astral plane to get there. And if you don't have enough light and buoyancy to get there, you're going to get stuck in the astral plane. And believe me, that's not a place any of us want to be. <laughs> mm. So what we do now and the vibration we carry when we make the transition called death will determine where we'll end up. And by the way, Archangel Michael has said that if we'll make a call to him to prayer, he'll be with us at the hour of our transition and help us to get to that etheric retreat, etheric plane. But don't forget, uh, the law of karma is impersonal, and so it is with who we are. And if we don't have enough light, even Archangel Michael can't get us there. Hmm. Yeah, no, um, I know. Uh, thank you, by the way. <laughs> just, it's a lot of stuff there. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, it's a lot of yeah. stuff, but boy, you hit it really well. Um, as we're getting close to the end of the show, you know, perhaps now would be a good time to share with us um, maybe a couple of calls that we can make, uh, you know, like the one you just referred to, to Archangel Michael, the, right. at the moment of our transition, whatever. Just maybe one or two that people can sure. take with Sure, and them. I think, you know, this is not a battle that can be won in our human consciousness or our human self. It cannot be won. Anyone that's addicted to cigarettes or alcohol or anything else know that they feel powerless before it. We need to invoke the spiritual light of the archangels. This is why they're there. They're there to help us and cut us free. And they have a spiritual sword and a physical sword, if you will, to cut us free. So we can always say, Archangel Michael, in the name of my mighty I am present, cut me free of all addiction to alcohol or to cigarettes or whatever it is. And you put a little fire and determination in asking for that help. And you can say this prayer for others, too. They do have free will. But you never know when that call, that increment of light, will be the boost to them 
that they will need to take that firearm determination. So don't try and do this on your own because it just doesn't work. And this is why, again, we go back to what we shared with. Every day we give our calls to Archangel Michael first thing in the morning, not only for protection of ourselves and our family, but for deliverance from those momentums and patterns that keep us from being who we want to be and these addictions, if you will. You know, we we bought the lie, but don't condemn yourself because, believe me, every one of us has bought it at one <laughs> level or the other. But now we have the tools and the way to be cut free if we will use them, if we have the will to use them, if we have the determination, this is where we want to go. With God's help, you can get there. And with the archangels and with your prayers and your decrees, find out how you do them. You know, get a book at understanding. Talk to someone. Give us a call. Give us an email, whatever. But there is a place to begin and there is a way to do this. And at the end of this, you will be free by God's grace. Yeah, well, as a, as a brief postscript to what you said, and we've said this before, that discouragement and a sense of worthlessness are two of the tools that the fallen ones use to keep us from feeling that we're making progress on the path. Absolutely. And the fact that, you know, we've made mistakes doesn't take away from the fact that we have God within us and we have an immortal destiny if we choose to fulfill it. Lord, I am worthy. Make me worthier still. Amen. Well, another hour has vanished Mm, (laughs) just like that. It's time to wrap things up. And I want to thank Cindy Bennett, as always, for taking the time to join us and share his insights. And we want to thank you out there for joining us today. We hope you find the subjects we share illuminating and helpful as you pursue your spiritual path. Indeed we do. And we always welcome your comments, questions, and concerns. Simply send them to us at webradio at tsl.org. Webradio at tsl.org. And please be sure to join us again. And remember, though the upward path may be difficult, the rewards are out out of this world. Thanks, everyone. God bless you. Thank you again for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week. Thank you.